All right, welcome to Ship Chasing. We have uh, kicked the uh, the beta ADP chasing boys back to the Monday time slot. And the true football guys, the real alphas, have commandeered the Wednesday flagship show. Once again, we are going to be drafting a best ball mania team here, of course. That's what you guys come to watch us do fucking draft. So let's do it. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> This is what? This is what I'm hot. Anita Hand Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you <laughs> kidding me? Kadarius <laughs> Tony? You can't handle the heat. It looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Pat, I guess you're kind of saddling the fence as an ADP chasing guy and a ship chasing guy. Do you self-identify with one group more than the other? I live in two worlds at once. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, I'm ship chasing, ship chasing forever. There you go. There you go. Uh, all jokes aside, I did. Uh, I was behind on the past two uh, ADP chasings and uh, caught up on those today. Awesome stuff. Uh, I'm sure you guys know by now to be checking that out. They've moved the schedule around a little bit, but we'll be settling into the noon Eastern time slot on Mondays, which pairs really well with I do best ball breakfast on my channel and watch that and then head over and watch ADP chasing Ben Gretsch. How's it going, buddy? It's good. Yeah. ADP chasing's crushing. I'm excited. I'm going to come on this coming Monday. Monday. Sam, Sam is uh, going to have to take the week off. He's busy, right? So I'm going to pop on. Yeah, yeah, Ben, I'm glad to have you on, but like you, you keep putting us in headlocks. Yeah, you know, push us the lockers. <laughs> Sight to hang out with you nerds. It's <laughs> a little much, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying being the jock, I guess. I'm usually the stat nerd. So. <laughs> it, is, it is nice that we created another show that <laughs> makes this show not look nerdy. That's, uh, that's the way... So we had to do I'm it. trying to think like what could you guys do if we just create like a Russian Russian nesting doll <laughs> level of shows? So what would be the nerdier version of your guys' show so you could stuff them in lockers? I think it's whatever that uh that Excel Olympics thing that Leone competed in. <laughs> yeah, that, that probably is it. Exactly um right. everyone always has lots of good ideas playing some poker right now, call it chip chasing. It really is an infinite Ooh. amount of things uh you can chase. Uh Gretchen, are there any uh are there any updates for you on the drafting front? Have you been able, have you driven across the border to fire some slow drafts? Where are you at? I'm not yet. It's going to happen soon. The updates are, uh, I, I think I'm greenlit. I think I'm good to go. It's just a three and a half hour drive one way. So I got to, you know, I got to plan it out a little bit, map it out. It's uh, allergy season up here. You can see my nose is like bright red. It's like super sensitive Jeez. to the touch. So I'm like half there mentally. So I'm like, yeah, I probably don't need to start 50 slow drafts. Like this is where I'll auto draft a hundred times. Like I'm forgetting to like check on things. I put, I made a steak a little bit ago. I cook it on the stove and I put it in the oven. I forgot to turn the fucking oven on for like five minutes. It was sitting oh. in the oven. Like that's where I'm at right now. Like probably not the right time to start a million slow drafts, but I'll get there in a couple weeks. My question for you with this, Gretch, is are you going to tell the family like your true intentions or are you going to try to Trojan horse this of being like, oh, there's this really cute uh, antique shop across the border. I thought we could all go on a family trip to check it out. And then while you're there, you're just in the bathroom max registering. Like how how is this going to go down? I, you know, I already, I already told the wife everything that's, that would have been funny. Um, I am, I mean, the, the kids are basically getting played like that. Like the idea is we're going <laughs> to plan something down on the coast. It's going to be a family vacation, like this and that, but like, really, yeah, I'm going to be, 
Max Headering. <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna do some fast drafts. I, yeah, I man, that's cool. what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Get yeah. some fast drafts. Oh in. god, yeah. Absolutely yeah. gotta get some fast drafts. I'm I'm just thinking of like the 2023 version of like National Lampoon's vacation and Clark Griswold's like driving in the family like wagon or whatever, but like drafting best Valvadia teams because it's the only time he's able to do it across the border. Uh, that's how I picture you, Gretch. Hey, is by the way, is Utah a legal state? Because I'm going there for a bachelor party in July, so I'm mapping out my summer. If anyone in the chat's from Utah, let me know. I'm almost positive Utah is a legal state. I'm pretty sure nice. I know some Utah drafters there. Uh, Pat, how many BBM teams do for you? I think I have nine done. Uh, I've been over on DraftKings a little bit recently, and I, I fired like 35 puppies in. Um, really? Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, the puppies All are all live. Fun. Uh, yeah. Slow draft? Come on. No, well, I did. I did hear. I think it was the guys over at OWS who had a really sharp call on because so much of the initial puppy was um, drafted before the schedule. I think it was like forty percent, maybe or forty-five. That like getting a ton of slow drafts in at the last to get close to maxing it, knowing that your entries would have the information yeah. advantage of knowing the schedule. Like I thought that would have been a sharp strategy. And then I ended up doing like five slows and I just stopped. And I was like, I can't be in slow draft hell again. Yeah. That's a, I mean, if you can do that, like definitely it was sharp because yeah. So you have that extra schedule information as a massive edge on the rest of the field. But I just, instead what I did is I fired three puppies and then like something came up and I wasn't able to draft them <laughs> appropriately. And uh, they were like the three. My last three puppies are just an abomination. Yeah. Um, oh, how rich, right? I mean, guy with two million dollars and just starts firing drafts off. Fifteen dollars, Ben. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could you could fire off fifteen dollars into the sun. You'd be fine. I. It would be fun because everyone everyone always says this thing, and I've said it too, right? Uh, you know, use the puppy and the five dollar ones as like an experimental. Uh, you know training ground sandbox whatever have you yeah how many of you have actually done that like how many of you no, did, I did a lot of that did you do like one quarterback builds one tight end builds what was the funkiest thing you did well i was trying to figure out if i could counter this ridiculous wide receiver adp that everyone says is so inefficient and it's like really hard it's really hard i was like let me let me do an elite quarterback elite tight end and like two running backs and can i dig out of that <laughs> the answer was no i couldn't yeah. i think all those teams are dead but I don't. I didn't want to do that in Best Ball Mania. Um, but you know that that means like I'm taking, like maybe one wide receiver through five rounds or so, six rounds. Maybe I have two, like two through six. It's just it's really tough. It's max yeah. like three through seven, um, and I think, you know, Hayden Winks has, has talked about going four through seven is is his golden rule. I've I've uh, Last year, I said four through nine was probably like, like a really good minimum. Um, but you were pointing out five through nine was really uh, much better last year, and I do think like with the wide receiver prices going up, the issue of like getting locked out of that group of early wide receivers that are giving you sufficient firepower only gets more of an issue. So it's like there are like things you can do, but I don't think. My, my puppy research suggests that you can't just be like zero wide receiver, basically. Like, even though the wide receiver ADPs are the most expensive we've ever seen in the history of fantasy football, I think that's fair to say. I still don't really feel like zero wide receiver, at least it didn't feel viable to me. 
Yeah. I, you know, even today, and I, I do think one of the things we're going to talk about a lot this year, and you've touched about on it, about your, your team last year was thinking about how the structures fit together and how those push you in other directions. And like today I did one of my first elite quarterback builds where I took Josh Allen at the two, three turn. I had the one one um, took Justin Jefferson. And then I also grabbed Ramondre there. Um, and then I got an elite tight end. I took TJ Hawkinson. So I did elite QB anchor in the third and Hawkinson. And so I knew right away, not only do I have to catch up at wide receiver hard and I used some of the rookie wide receivers to do that. I took Mingo and Rashi rice, but I also punted RB two, um, yeah. until the double digit rounds as well. And so it's like, once you make those decisions, you have to really think about how you're going to catch up at the other positions. And then subsequently you better know where the value pockets are to be able to pull that off in at least a vaguely smart way. I think, I think that's viable. I think what you did is viable, but you're like, I mean, it's kind of fun. Cause you're like, all right, I'm going to feel alive for the rest of this draft. Cause I'm about to get locked out of wide receiver and a couple, yeah. like, I don't know how, how, like, did you feel like you pulled that off in the rooms you're in? Cause that my concern would be being in a ship chasing room. Right. And this wasn't a ship chasing room. This was on the fantasy live stream. It was more of a, a, a casual room, but yeah. And that, that is the other thing too, is like, I'm streaming 150 of my drafts all on stream. My rooms are different. My rooms are different than most rooms. So I have to think about other considerations there. And um, I will assess the room and I will not let myself get in that spot most of the time. Well, are you factoring what stream you're on into your yeah. draft strategies? You are? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The main thing I factor in, right, is once I enter a draft, right, now people are trying to anticipate it a little bit. I know I know the usernames. I see the badges. And if there's like eight spots available when I hop in and everyone in the chat gets in there, uh -huh. I, I know what kind of room I'm headed for here. Uh, Gretch, aren't these the things you're excited to, uh, to have to deal with? Imagine the Gretch piss boy rooms. No, I mean, I, I, I am a, a little bit excited. I'm a little bit nervous. I definitely feel like I'm behind on... I mean, I think a lot of what, like, I, I've, I've obviously heard all the concepts from you guys. Um, I, I know what we're talking about in terms of construction and all of that, but a lot of it is just learned experience, right? And, like, you guys draft a ton, and you put yourself in these positions and ask these questions. You're just talking about getting into puppies and using those as, like, a, uh, a practice run um, and, and seeing, you know, what it means when you pass up the wide receivers and, and how you run out of steam. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to feed to the fire, man. I'm going to be jumping in with a bunch of people that have been doing this and doing it a lot. And, and I mean, the underdog ADP is more efficient than any other ADP, I think, in the world. Like like any of the other contests, it, it really, I, I generally think it is. It's fascinating to look at it right now and to look at it in like the last couple of years. Like when I want to check ADP, I go check underdog typically, like what's going on at underdog, because that's where the most action is happening that's where the most money i mean i know people have pointed out that certain guys get pushed up a little bit because of uh you know stacks and correlations and, and various things that are going on but um yeah i mean it's uh it's a sharp it's a sharp place to draft it'll be fun i'm excited to dip my toes in pat your point about the the wide receivers and like how there's eventually a cutoff we talk about this a lot i i don't think we emphasize it enough and it made me pull up something that i I had been looking through some of my own writing from last year, but last year I identified that end of that wide receiver window, as we sometimes called it as around where Garrett Wilson and Rondell Moore go. And obviously Wilson hit Rondell Moore didn't, but I still liked that bet. And I still do like that bet from last year. 
And then within a round or two, you're in this Devontae Parker and Joshua Palmer range. Like, those are the guys that I tried to highlight. And, I mean, in hindsight, Pretty you good. feel that. You that age as well. That age is re- very well. The year prior, we were saying constantly, like, right around when Debo Samuel goes off. And he ended up being a huge hit. And basically, no one right after him really was a very strong hit. I, I felt the same way last year. Um, to me, it's, it's Bateman. Bateman is, like, the last mm. guy. It's, like, Bateman, Sutton. Sutton's, like, viable. But then right after that, it's, like, Juju. And Jacoby, boy, and Kobe. this is a significant point in every draft every year that I don't know if we talk about enough, but it's like you know, however many receivers in 40, 50, I don't I don't know the exact number, but there is a drop-off where like suddenly you are out of the real upside profiles and you're just looking at guys that run routes, basically, or right need an injury or something. And those guys aren't that different from like Michael Gallup goes pretty late and like he's gonna run routes, you know. Marcus Valdez Scantlings goes late. He's going to run routes. So you end up in like, yeah, you'd rather have the guys that go in like round 11, but they're not that much better. Yeah. And they don't After really that point, you them. better just start taking flyers on, on rookies, basically, and hope yeah. that you're right on a rookie that's just, it's, you know, a breakout. In the double digits, and I mean, I guess this is casting a vaguely wide net, but it's rookies, second-year wide receivers, you know, for me, like guys like Alec Pierce and Tyquan Thornton, and then correlation only like yeah. I, there's very rarely a wide receiver pick I'm making that doesn't fall into one of those buckets. And normally it's two of those buckets. Right. Yeah. Somebody um, asked in the chat what my username is, by the way, I don't have, I don't have one yet. I've been thinking about this. Wow. I also don't have uh, I haven't done any like, you know, promoing yet. I, I've heard that there's like, you know, some promo codes out there, but that's something that I, that I, uh, you know, I'm going to have to maybe open up. For bidding on, on the promo code wow. thing. Well, there's only one bidder if you're trying to well i mean gretch to me it's pretty simple you either go with gretch you know just for the super clean no one's ever regretted just having their name or you go with yards per gretch i don't think you would i mean what are you gonna what are you gonna name your you handle dead zone I, I mean i think something like daily daily rojo makes a lot of sense right like that won't go bad over the years just pick a player and attach hey, my name to hey. it. If Pat would have won, that name would have aged so fucking poorly. He got bailed <laughs> out so much. Are, now, Ben, just so I'm clear, are you are you talking about two-time Super Bowl champion Ronald Jones? Yes, that's that is yeah. that's what I was <laughs> Gretch, did I catch you uh, in our group chat eyeing up uh, Ronald Jones' contract for this year relative to Rashad? Oh Penny? yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I'm I'm working on uh, NFC East projections. It's it, it's more a comment that Rashad Penny didn't make anything, but I mean Ronald Jones got three hundred thousand guaranteed, has the same base salary as Rashad Penny this year, and is like his overall earnings are right in the same range. They're both one year deals, very similar deal. I don't think our community views them as very similar players, but um, Ronald Jones got some guaranteed money, and he's that who? Okay, you know what I came to with the Cowboys projection? Like Zeke is definitely going to be back. Who who's going to get their goal line work? They didn't really trust Pollard. Remember the Ian Hardits. Uh, tweet with the all the one yard TDs he had and Paul like they gave him some of that. T- I know Sam Sherman would love if Paul would get all that goal line work, but he's a smaller back. They gave him some opportunities there. He didn't do an amazing job there. And the all the other backs on the roster, like Malik Davis, is sub two ten. Everyone thinks Malik Davis is going to be a thing. Like I don't think he's Zeke, right? Like then they went and got the smallest running back in the <laughs> in the whole draft, Deuce Vaughn, to come in. Ronald Jones is not a huge back. I, I mean, Pretty I honestly big. think like Zeke's gonna be back. He's, he's like two fifteen. No, 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 he, he like, put on a bunch of weight after he totally sucked. Hey, okay, 
Well, maybe he's the new Zeke then. That's that's why I went to there. But if it's not Jones, I was looking up their listed weights, and I think he's listed under 210 as well. It's like They don't even have a back on the roster under 210. Dak, by the way, used to be a six-touchdown-a-year rushing TD guy. Since his leg injury, two rushing TDs in two seasons, one each year. Completely different usage around the goal line for him. I mean, they, they just give it to Zeke every time. What are they going to do in close? They're going to they're gonna bring him back. Google right. has Ronald it, Jones at 205, but as someone who was uh, reading Google Ronald Jones blurb when he was putting on weight, I could tell you he's not 205. I, I trust you more than Google. <laughs> Daily Roger uh, knows, knows his weight. You better. Uh, here's a, I want to do an ADP sliding doors uh, hypothetical. If Ronald Jones and Rashad Penny switched spots, it was Rashad Penny that went to the Cowboys. Ronald Jones signed for the same amount as Penny on the Eagles. What would their ADPs be? Similar to where they are. Similar, I similar to where they are now. Yeah. You think Rojo would be a like a tenth round pick? No, no, no. no. I th- similar to they would be oh, very similar saying, to the gotcha. current ADPs. All right. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying that people would just be. Full. So in that scenario, do you think DeAndre Swift would be going in like the third or fourth because they'd be like Rojo sucks? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think yep. I, I, I do. I think DeAndre Swift would be going in the fourth round. That was sort of my point in in breaking down their contracts in our little chat. Was like this is not the way people think they're these players are impacting these teams, but this is how these teams viewed these players at least on the open market or what they're willing to give them. Now you could just say that the Eagles are smart and made a smart low value, you know move and because penny's penny's so injury uh he's dealt with so many injuries so yeah i mean <laughs> hey i'm the only one who was here last week okay <laughs> hey, Hodge, I, don't don't say that i'm the one who uh is Pat almost does here. as many shows as me these days it's a, it's impressive <laughs> I, um, I, this is my third podcast today what wow. where do you think tony pollard would go in drafts if they had signed rashad penny i think low question I think you would have yeah, dropped definitely, definitely lower, but how yeah. much? Um, Maybe around six, six round. Yeah. Really, he would be an absolute smash. Maybe fifth. Scenario. Maybe fifth. Yeah, maybe fifth. Probably. I fifth. don't think he'd escape the fourth. That's my. That's my snap. Probably snap would. Take. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, he was he was almost in the fourth, like before Zeke got cut. People were people. I yeah. mean, Penny's better than Zeke. Maybe people yeah. wouldn't think that. I don't know. Um, all right. The time has come. It's time to draft, baby. Let's do it. Um, all right. This is what draft is. I think I put it in here. This is my 22nd draft. What, what do you got going here in the draft room? This is, this is new to me. This is the brick, uh, draft caddy. It's just my exposures. And then week 16 and week 17, uh, matchups. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so we have, let's see. I got to start watching thing. all your best ball draft streams. If I'm going to start Good drafting luck. some of these teams, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't draft, so I haven't been watching a lot of them. Uh, actually, Gretch, I did want to ask you this as be, as we get underway here, because this is starting to be a topic coming up and I know you haven't drafted a ton yet, but I know you've reviewed some ADP stuff. What is your take on the RB dead zone being dead? Because I've seen that bandied about at places. Yeah, I mean, I think it's shifted. I, I mean, I, I certainly don't think I'm the sole arbiter on reading how things are moving. and just somebody who talked about the past stuff. But, but based on my research from the very beginning, one of the big things we've always talked about was the guys in the dead zone that do hit are the youngsters, the rookies, the second-year players. There's still some enticing guys in that 
age range that are in that dead zone range. But also most of the ones that maybe used to fall there aren't in there. They're moving out of it, right? They're moving up. Like the, the market has gotten better at that. Like Jameer Gibbs is going very, very high, right? Um, who's the other one we were talking about today? He's a second-year player. Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne. third. But yeah, I'm, maybe he would have still been a third rounder a few years back. But I think Gibbs probably would have been a dead zone fourth, fifth rounder. But a dead zone guy you could target. Um, but I, I think when you look at the dead zone, you look at the backs that are going there, a lot of them do check the boxes that historically – players going in this range what, what it's saying is like okay this guy has shown us what he is he's played a, a certain number of years we have a good idea on what type of player he is and the market is not buying that he has a lead upside they won't take him in the early rounds where they will take any running back that looks like a potential superstar that has legendary upside like pat has written about right the market's not buying that on this player whoever it is Najee harris right Najee we, harris we have, can be more of a dead zone back He's a dead zone back. Like it's it's, but in it, I, I also think in best ball it's more viable to draft them because there's something to be said about just getting guaranteed touches in best ball when you can't get anything off the waiver wire. It's a little bit different of a, of an equation. Absolutely, like the whole running back production pie is going to be smaller across the whole landscape because people aren't going to be adding players, right? So anyway, we should probably make a pick. I love AJ Brown here. I'm I'm. I'm Gretch, you gonna say anything bad about AJ Brown? I've never said no to AJ Brown. (laughs) Dude, it was Bijan went nine though. That would have been fun. I I would would take Bijan over AJ Brown. Yeah, the uh, I did um a draft with Ian Harditz, and he like hates the Week 17 correlation stuff, and they named the video like a Week 17 hater and a correlator draft. Ian accidentally drafted CD Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown at the one two turn and didn't realize it. (laughs) It was so good. Um. All right. Me. Uh, what do you we guys want to take? Do? Garrett Wilson, right? Uh, we don't have to. Buy- I'm good with that. I'm what fine. do you want to do? You want to take? I mean, these are Pat's regs, so this is where Pat. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he just, <laughs> these are my regs. God damn yeah. it! Yes, we get to do ones. it again. Yeah. yeah. Garrett Wilson oh. is sort of like I don't know. I mean. My new man crush. I, I really enjoy starting AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson. Those are two players I have a very high degree of confidence in. Honestly, like I haven't done, um, I think I've in 22 drafts, I, I I would have to go check, but I'm pretty sure I've only done two or three zero RB drafts out of the 22 or 23. So uh, I, I'm excited about having a zero RB draft potentially because this puts us in a weird range where, yes, we could be in play for like an ETN or Gibbs, but otherwise, like that's you're, when you're you hit generally the looking at wide receivers here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can I've, say that it's not the dead zone or that this is not dead or you can go running back there. But the point is, like, it's not as good of a bet as the wide receivers at that cost. And after ETN and Gibbs are off the board, that's probably the case. Now, this has been a wide receiver heavy draft, right? Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I guess I don't know the current ADPs, but four, yeah, but four receivers it was off six. Offset a little bit by the Jalen Hurts pick. I think it's now back on track. So we'll have to see here. I was kind of thinking actually, with the Garrett Wilson pick that we might be in play for Gibbs in the third, but maybe we won't. Maybe we'll get sniped by one of those three badges right in front of us now that I'm talking about what we want. Actually, I just noticed something fishy. Gretch saying like he's like getting ready to play on underdog and he doesn't know what to name his team. And yet here out of the six hole, there's a conspicuous wide receiver, wide receiver start from a guy named New Username. Gretch, is, that... is that guys? <laughs> is that you? 
That's the best you can come up with, Crash. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. I like that. That is pretty good. I'm, I'm going to be a new username, too. Hey, it's, better, it's better than Daily Rojo, probably. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Actually, let's do this too, Ben, while you're, because you had a post today about stealing signals. We got our guy, David, in the chat. He's teeing you up for the sales job. Is being a founding member for signals worth it? I'm definitely subscribing, but I'm undecided about upgrading to founding sub. Ben, don't hem and haw. Tell him why being a founding sub will change his life. I, I mean, I literally wrote in the post that I don't have any like exact plans. So um, <laughs> this is going to be my typical sales pitch, which is uh, do what you want. <laughs> like you know subscriber don't Come no on, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do some stuff for the founding subs uh during the year last year i've done q a's on discord i want to try to do those uh on video because it's hard to type i have long thoughts in case you guys didn't know this uh ship chasing audience <laughs> um and it's hard to type all my answers every week so i was hoping to maybe do that as a like a like a premium stream basically um the q a with with the the audience that would be a founding member thing. Um, there's going to be other little like perks like that, but I mean, most of the stuff I want to make available to regular subs. So it's not going to be like, there's going to be a ton of stuff cordoned off just for founding members. It's more just an option for people that want to support it basically. Awesome. That's, that's not an exciting sales pitch. <laughs> we we got to work a good on stream though. Good premium <laughs> yeah. stream. Yeah. That'll be fun. When are you going to start narrating your podcast like Pat? I'm not doing that ever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. I, uh, I edit aloud. So it is actually, it's, it doubles as like my final edit on the post. So I, I that tell is a good. That is actually kind of a nice little check there. Yeah. That's um, nice. All right. So maybe, okay. Ooh. This is, this could be fun here between quarterbacks and, uh, potential. So this drafter starts Bijan and JT. Are they feeling behind the eight ball or not? Het, feeling behind? Let's see. Let's see. I think that. He's oh, <laughs> I think it's fine. I think Lamar here is pretty pretty sick though. I'm definitely on board with that. Uh, Gretch, you have any other takes? Do you want to go Lamar like? over the running backs? I do. Yeah. Right. I mean, Lamar is not here a lot now. Lamar three ten is not a thing. He's moving up into the early third. Wow. Really? I haven't seen that much in mine. Really? I mean, he's got what, not... ADP 31. Yeah, we're at 34. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, I have no problem with him. But yeah, I guess I just haven't seen him feeling steamy. I he's felt this feels like a nice little value to me. But I guess I like three, say, three and, and I, I'll probably be wrong on this and miss and, and that'll suck. But I will probably be out on qbs at the, at the in the first few rounds for my first few drafts personally i just think this is a mistake like i mean i understand the, the the logic behind it but i i do think it's too much weight being put on i it, it narrows the path to the elite ceilings that you need i think it definitely does but and well let's let's make our pick and then because i think i kind of feel like similar to the wide receiver adp where it's it's difficult to counter this quarterback ADP, which makes I don't like this as much as the wide receiver ADP. It's not like to me, I'm like, you know, obviously we've been saying wide receivers gotta get your wide receivers for years, and now everyone's getting the wide receivers, and so it feels comfortable. Uh quarterbacks Gibbs? don't feel comfortable. Gibbs. Gibbs. 
Gibbs yeah. seems fun. Right. We are universally in agreement. That's, that's, I mean, makes me feel a lot better about the Jackson pick because that's. Right, because the 2v2, I'm guessing we would have gone Gibbs and then we would have taken like one of Lamar Fields if they made it back, probably. Right. Yeah. But I'm a big fan of Lamar this year. I think he's really fun. Yeah. You can stack, yeah, stack him later. It's it's easy to do. Um, obviously, we can't get it. Get I, I think he should be a tear up from Fields, at least. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, think, I, I think he's got the same ceiling as the, the top three guys. Yeah. But we're talking about the, likely to hit it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's always had ceiling like that. We've talked about that. We talked about it last year. Like Lamar and Kyler were, I think they were the, they were good bets to make last year. They both got hurt. What are you going to do? You know, I mean, and yeah. they weren't like great when they were healthy either, but um, they certainly had the type of ceiling where they could have got on a run late in the year if they were healthy and, and been a huge part of the, the story of the 2022 season. Instead, they both weren't playing. So, like, you know, that's just the way it works. But he's uh, uh, he's absolutely got that ceiling. I mean, we know that for sure. I oh, We can't be doing value hound awoos uh, on point four picks <laughs> of ADP value. I mean. On a running back in a ship chaser draft. Honestly, that's a reach in, in a ship chasing draft. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, geez. Now this, now, this is a visual. I would nut. If I could get a Lamar Andrew stack without jumping ahead of ADP, I would absolutely nut myself. <laughs> <laughs> Your only chance of doing that would be probably at the 312, right? You could maybe, yeah. maybe get them there. Good point by Michael here. Uh, team nine, Bijan, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Justin Fields. It will be fun to see how they recover here. I think it's going to be tough, man. I think it's going to be really tough. I personally, I think this start, like, was okay, you know, uh, a couple years ago. And it, it did really well, I think, in 2020, right? Um, maybe not with the elite quarterback or not. But I, I really think it's it's tough to do this kind of start. And this is kind of a classic hyper-fragile where if he takes, like, one more at the very end or whatever. Um, it's Yeah, like you got to stop with running build. back. you yeah. got to say Bijan, Jonathan Taylor, and Brees Hall. And those are all exceptional talents. Like, you got to say they're, they're going to be the top three running backs. And they can be. Like, and I have all three of them, and now yeah. I'm going to build like that's all I need. And that's that's been a successful strategy. So so far, he hasn't done anything, hasn't make, made any mistakes. But I just think that this uh, this environment it just makes that build so much harder. I I would say, wouldn't you? And I'm like I'm not a three tight end guy, but this like almost has to be like a, a late tight end build. Like he just has to absolutely rip wide receivers here. I think so. Yeah. After I mean, if taking... he does, if he if he could, we could end up liking this team. I think if he ripped yeah. wide receiver from this point on. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not impossible. Um, I I don't actually think this room is particularly wide receiver heavy. As someone in the chat just said, all underdog drafts this year are wide receiver heavy. This isn't actually an avalanche room, I don't think. Mm, yeah, you're probably right. That's a really interesting new username here. Two unstacked quarterbacks. Yeah, in the Ben, tell us about Joe why you decided to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's your thought, Ben? I mean, uh, look at these guys are going to chuck it around. They're going to take over the AFC. I like Sam's team here from the seven hole. The Josh Allen dig stack, Ramondre week 17, bring back Keenan, elite tight end with Kittle at 55. Fun team. That's nice. Um, all right. Uh, our tight ends are. 
here for us. If we want them, the teams behind us don't have a tight end yet. So if we do want an elite tight end, we got to take it now. I'm in. Let's do which one. Let's it's fucking cow pet season. Let's Let's go. go. We could, we we already have the Eagle, so we could go with the correlation, but dude, I am, I see what you're saying. I'm going to be, uh, but let's just do pits is better. The, the hook has been, has been getting tighter and tighter on me. I told myself I wasn't going to be really in on pits again this year, but Dude, but I think by August, the table I'm going to be fucking taking so much Kyle Pitts again. <laughs> Dude, yeah. there's no him. fucking way I can go that bad again. There's no way. I, I, I refuse yeah. to believe it's possible. <laughs> you can seriously get him in the six, like, very easily. Um, I, I, think I like Tyler Lockett. I think I'm going to stop drafting yeah. up my ranks. I just agree with the top of the we, fucking board. Well, we have. I was looking to see if we had any correlation tiebreakers in this tier. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I'm not seeing anything. Gretch, I'd be you Godwin. Like? You're at five, and he's ADP too. So screw Pat's ranks. We're, we're gonna yeah, go off. Screw these <laughs> ranks. ADP. What do I even? Good. Yeah. I just. Uh, I just used uh, my founding tier sub to uh, see you got a uh, value hound Chris Godwin there over Tyler Lockett. John said. I think Godwin's pretty significantly underpriced. I, I, that's going to be a take of mine for a while at this price as well. There's no way. I mean, I think he should be going ahead of DJ Moore. He's 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 incredibly talented. Godwin, whenever healthy, has been very productive. I love DJ Moore. But like Godwin doesn't have the same concerns about pass volume. Like he, they're they're gonna come back to earth. They don't have Brady anymore, but they broke records last year. Like they're still a pass team for the most part, I would guess. It's not like they're a great running team. Rashad White didn't have a great rookie year. Um for most like efficiency metrics, their team is their strength is still their receivers. Godwin was coming off an ACL last year, was better down the stretch after he got healthy after that London game when he said he was finally healthy. I don't understand the disrespect on Chris Godwin. His price is insane. Evans, I get because he's a little bit older and there's a you can see a fade and this and that, but like I, I really like the talents there with Godwin. You, you, you can't get me to buy that. And it, it does feel, and it's funny that we were comparing him to Tyler Lockett because in some ways it does feel a bit like the Seahawks heading in to last year where everyone's like, oh, we don't trust this quarterback situation. Yeah, we like Lockett and Metcalf, but like we're so worried about this offense that we're going to give you these really depressed prices. And it's like a lot of the risk starts to get zapped out of it once these guys are falling. It's like Mike Evans was a mid-second round pick last year. And now he's going here. Same, I mean, Chris Godwin had the uh, injury, so he was cheap last year too, but... I don't know. I like the idea that you're going on, Ben, of like betting on talent and fading noise about like, oh, this team isn't going to be a top five offense. It's the same thing. I mean, I think the Seattle receivers are a great comp because it's the same thing as Geno last year where everyone was sure they were bad and they were they were great picks. I don't think Baker's going to be amazing, but the range of pass volume is solid enough and he can be solid enough from an efficiency standpoint. I think can be solid enough from an efficiency standpoint that it's not going to completely crater everything. I mean, it's just... He's cheap enough in the sixth round at this point. This guy was like once a, you know, first round dynasty wide receiver type asset or one two turn, and and then he tore his ACL and again now he's back to health. I don't get it. I mean, to Pat, me, it's quiet. I, are you you're at, are you I, out yeah? On I'm Godwin? not very in on Godwin. I, I just think the the offense is potentially a, a disaster and like. These coaches don't want to pass the ball. I know they did last year with Brady, but like it's different when you go from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. Like 
you got guys that aren't at this point, you're just trying not to get fired. You know, you're going to, you just want to be the guy who uh, gets to coach the, the one-on-one. So I know, but I think we, that, we, all, we did say all those things about the Seahawks. They're not going to run the ball going from Russell Wilson to drew lock. You know, is it like, that's true. We did say that. That's true. Um, we could get uh, another Eagle uh, with Deandre. Swift. Do we have any I receivers mean, here? We're just, uh, Oh, we out. need the stack. We need, we need to get a stack here. Yeah. With, take Bateman. Oh, we can say flowers goes higher than Bateman. I'm, we're I'm not getting Bateman over flowers. I think we just get Bateman right now because we're going to have okay. to take him with one of these two picks. Right. I mean, yeah, it's either yeah. eight, 82 or 87. Cause he's not coming to one Oh six. Yeah, everything else was flat there too. Unless I, I don't know, I didn't hear anyone pounding the table for anything. But I didn't see. No, no, I think it's out. flat. Yeah, yeah. But we we kind of like dicked around. We we needed a, a wide receiver there. At which one? Right move. Just I think with that pick, we needed a wide receiver. Oh yeah. yeah. I pro I'd like to get one with this pick too if we can. That was technically an ADP reach, but for all the reasons we're saying, it wasn't. It wasn't an ADP. Like this is flat. We were gonna take him on the way back, if not there. You know, I mean, you're certainly not yeah. getting him on the way back after that. It has to be at this turn if you want to stack. We got locked out a little bit, to be honest. We definitely got locked out. But Bateman's a good pick as a wide receiver four. I like that. I'm in on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my thought would be to double stack him here with Zay. I'll, I mean, I'll pound the I table like for his price as well. Like, he's he shouldn't be going that late. Let's who, do Zay. Let's do Zay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. I mean, this is this is what we were talking about, though, with like when we're picking on the turn here. Yes, we're reaching, but we don't pick until 106. And then we mentioned like we're kind of lo- like Sutton is the guy straddling that tear break fence and then it just falls off. And falls so right. way off. Might as well get him with the double stack. That's I mean, that's that's a fun double stack. I love that. Yeah, it is. Stack that um, bitch up, Paul says. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the Seahawks have the same or the uh, Buccaneers have the same offensive coordinator that the Seahawks had last year, apparently. So, you know, the Seahawks stuff is piling <laughs> up. Uh, but I guess, I mean, Baker Mayfield was so unbelievably bad last year. I mean, worst quarterback in the entire league, worse than Zach Wilson in EPA per play, like just a fucking travesty. Yeah. And you shit. Gino, like, wasn't, he wasn't that bad in 2021. Like, he wasn't great, but he wasn't, he was like, you know, I don't know, man. It's like, yes, this is a lot like the Seahawks, but like off- offense that's probably not going to be super psyched to pass the ball and might have horrendous quarterback play does not feel like a comfortable spot for me to be drafting a more of a volume-based receiver. And I've actually I've been more on Evans because I'm like, he can get there with touchdowns. He can get there. He can, he can suck, 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 good week. That's kind of who Mike Evans has always been. And Chris Godwin's more like you're just targets, targets, targets. And if the if the team's not converting uh, third downs, if they're having a punt all the time, Godwin I think is at more risk of of the offense being a disaster. That's a fair take, but I, I think I take issue with that's like all that Godwin can be. Or like I'm not saying you said that, but if that's the implication, because I think that's what he was coming off the ACL almost intentionally, right? But then. I'm checking right now. I thought his ADOT was a little higher later in the year. It doesn't look like it was actually meaningfully higher. But obviously, oh, yeah. earlier in his career, he's been able to win down the field as well. He has shown that, like especially in his first couple of years when he was a part-time player, he was like a vertical threat. And then he became more of a, a, a volume target guy. 
I think without like I think that was more of a Brady thing. Like I think when we talk about a different offense and things, his role could be different. But it's a fair point. It's a fair point. He does need if he gets I mean, back on the to flip side of field stuff, then then I then I like him a lot more. A lot of the stuff with his target, target, target stuff was just like straight wide receiver screens, which are like I mean, even Baker can't fuck that up. They're just gimme passes. Like if he's still getting yeah, you all say those, that, but you know, a <laughs> I mean, yeah, he probably, Baker can fuck up a lot. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, but anything that's just like a you know free reception like that, he's yeah. probably still going to be able to pull that off. Yeah, uh, our hyper is Baker's teams. Higby. I love that Higby for Baker's time at the end of the year at the Rams. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. The uh, that is really funny. Our our hyper fragile het uh, drafter that we had so much hope for has now gone two QBs and he's a fourth done. running back through eight. I think you're done, man. Good luck. Um, so Rogers with Wilson makes a, a ton of sense unless you think we can push it um, if there's a really big prize for pushing it, but it seems kind of flat. I mean, I maybe Penny would be kind of a fun little Eagles Penny. bet. Yeah, I like I him more than the other running backs. I did too, but you want it? let's do that and push quarterback, man. We, we have an elite. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I actually do like that. Penny, Penny does make sense with the Eagles bet. Yeah. Yeah, I like I mean, him cost adjusted more than Swift for sure. Yeah. He's a, re- I mean, especially in half point PPR, like, I mean, he's an efficient runner. Yeah. He's not ever healthy, but as long as he can stay on the field for some of the time, though, I think he's going to be playable. A lot of those weeks, Miles Sanders was like really playable on rushing only. Like I expect Penny to be most of that. And we got yeah. Rogers. Wow. Nice. Have no fear. There are multiple other Miami running backs we can set up for our uh, Baltimore correlation here. Yeah, that's the easiest one. You just go. Yeah. I would, man. Don't you wish there was a third? Because it's Cedric Wilson, right? And then Braxton Berrios, and who's gonna? Yeah, who's gonna be the third? Well, do you know who else? Uh, Chosen Anderson. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he was so dust though when he landed on the Saints last year. He was. He's with the yeah. Dolphins? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, of those guys, Braxton is kind of the one time I've drafted that the fringe Dolphins wide receiver, I went Braxton. I mean, I've gone is, Braxton a couple times. Is it a fucked up take that I – I mean, I kind of – I just went to our – Braxton Bears? I, I just went to our lads, and they have him listed as Robbie Chosen. They do. That's his <laughs> official name. He – no, I thought no, he was chosen. chosen Anderson. Anderson. Oh, chosen Anderson. Sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they changed the wrong name. <laughs> yeah. But I was gonna say, is it a fucked up thing to to kind of want him to just flame out because I don't? I'm gonna make that mistake too much with his name. Like that's yeah. kind of messed up. But well, do you know what's kind of the re- the other reason I kind of like Barrios is, I mean, I know they didn't use Gesicki a lot last year, but they have no third wide receiver and no tight end. Like, yes, yeah, well, what you, want you know, Durham you know, I drafted today in a DraftKings draft, twenty rounds. Durham Smythe. Durham Smythe. Oh, 20 God. rounds, I guess. 20 rounds. But honestly, like Braxton Berrios uh, could get a decent amount of burn over the middle. He could, although my boy Durham. I mean, mm. I thought the same about Cedric Wilson last year, who is pretty solid. I mean, there is no Gasecki there. But um, they were so re- concentrated. I think they're they're a hyper-concentrated team on their stars. I think it's going to be Tyreek and Waller. Yeah, I think so, too. 
All right, Maker says this team is fire. Let me service the audio listeners who are feeling a little left out in the cold right now. We have Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. Our running backs are Jameer Gibbs and Rashad Penny. We have A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Chris Godwin, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers at wide receiver, tight end, Kyle Pitts. So a skinny stack right now with Rodgers to Wilson, double stack with Lamar, and then a bet on Philly with Penny and A.J. Brown. Fun team. Such a fucking sexy team. I love this team. Pretty fun. I don't, I'm not super in on Zay Flowers, the prospect, but like obviously fits in this build. I think every other player on the team, and, and I guess Aaron Rodgers doesn't matter. Every other player on this team, I'm like super excited to have on our roster. It's like a, it's one yeah. of those teams where it's just like it's all fit together really nicely too, but like they're all really fun players. By the way, Zay Flowers, I'm not super excited about either, but some of the guys he comped to for me were um, statistically were like uh, Kendall Wright and Michael Floyd. Who both he's smaller than Michael Floyd, but like they're kind of you know similarly productive four year players, and those guys are considered busts, but they both had like pretty productive early yeah. careers. Yeah, and I Kendall think Wright was sweet for a couple guy. years. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah, I think he's like ready. I don't think he's ever going to be that good, but I think he's going to come in and like do stuff right away. So he could actually be a pretty nice, you know, ninth, tenth round best ball pick. Ideally, I'd like to get him more in like the 11th, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, Kendall Wright, 94 catches, 1,079 yards in the second season, but he only scored twice. So it wasn't like, you know, but 94 catches, PPR, man, back then, 2013. Whew. I had to be up is, there around the league lead. Is this true? H. Paul says Durham Smythe's ADP in the DraftKings self contained league is 95. <laughs> How did what? that happen? How no. is, is Durham, Durham's mom uh, grinding out Durham's the 12-team uh, MFL 10s on DK? She loves cash. cash the cash game queen, Mrs. Smythe. How is that possible? That That's in the, what, the eighth round? That's his average draft position, implying he's gone higher than that? Please? Yeah. Can you send us a screenshot of this somehow? I really or like we need to find. I actually want to pull this uh, up somehow. So Herbert with our get or with our pits, uh, we need our bees. Oh correlated, yeah, perfect. Seven picks passed. Boom. Gretch, you on board with that? Yeah, get it. I like Herbert. Herbert's good. He he's been falling. This is now I think the third straight draft I've done today where Herbert slid. Where do the other feet. Bears backs go? They're still on the board, but like Roshan's creeping up. I wouldn't be surprised to see Roshan flip. Khalil yeah. Herbert with how much the slappies love Roshan. We could look at what what are the other positions got going on? Um, so we're done at quarterback. Um yeah. running back wide receiver and tight end. Wide receiver and tight end here. If we want that the chat is is thirsty for some uh week 17 correlation. Uh we do have DPJ on a Cleveland bring back if we want um tight end i think we could wait for a likely or a conklin with pits so um uh, i think i have some correlation nico's fucking awesome so i like, I like nico him. and we're still kind of adding yeah, we, could, we, could do, we could do gpj but i don't pat loves nico let's go. i love nico he wrote a whole article about him wrote a whole article about him before uh before it was cool <laughs> yeah and it was a good article before I, the draft I, I read it as a Nico skeptic <laughs> and left and went and looked up his profile and all my stuff too and was like, you know what? Can I can, can I pull up two back-to-back comments in the chat that are cracking me up? 
Uh, Roshan will be the starter by week 17, followed up by who are the slappies? (laughs) (laughs) Give them the Gretch looking up. (laughs) Uh, I, uh, I've gotten that a couple times now, Ben, uh, told me on the elite tight end stuff that when I was talking about the, 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 um, share of Kelsey Andrews and Kittles, uh, that they accounted for 41% of the tight end spike weeks last year. He was like, I don't believe you. And then I went and looked it up. <laughs> it's like, that's how you get a legendary upside. I, well, I wasn't saying I don't believe you, but I was just like, I wanted to see something else on, on Nico, but that's, that is a hilarious story. But, um, I, cause I was just like, that's not how I remembered, you know, some element of his numbers. What am I missing here? And then in getting into it, I was like, Oh, you know, he actually is pretty interesting. This is a great call. Uh, Michael says Dalton Kincaid falling a bit, 138. It's because Liam is drafting on DraftKings these days. And so there's been a momentary (laughs) dip in his ADP. By the way, I did a pod with Liam today. I had a one legendary upside podcast. Um, And we were going through, we kind of, we didn't have quite enough time. We were getting this really interesting conversation about the 19th and 20th rounds on DraftKings type of players you want to target there. Some of his favorite running backs there. And, he was like, oh, I got to go. I got to go. And then he found in the last like three seconds, he found time to tout Naheem Hines, which is the first time he had touted a bill the whole time. He snuck it in. Wow. He was just like, he wasn't going to let the stream end without one bill's tout. I mean, what's, <laughs> yeah. what, I, I, I can't believe I'm about to bite on this. What is the Naheem Hines take? I yeah, I wish you could ask that. <laughs> there wasn't time for him to fully do the tout. You're he like, just... producer, cut. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got like, Hook, Damian Harris, and they brought in Latavius Murray, and Hines was basically a punt returner only for him after the trade last year. He was like, I thought about cutting Hines in Dynasty. I was like, I don't really have any reason to hold this guy anymore. It looks like he's just going to be a punt returner the rest of his career. Hey, got real quick. Uh, we got Austin in my mentions here confirming on DraftKings the board goes. Oh, my God. Jared Goff, Durham Spite, no. Gabe Davis, Khalil Herbert. <laughs> Have that's a happen. psyop that is photoshop so that's awesome <laughs> holy shit also shout out to all you guys riding the self-contained leagues over there can you tweet that you're trying to catch a value on durham smythe <laughs> <laughs> getting them past cdp dude that's incredible oh my god memes wow so as early wow. as i've seen him go yeah that's early for I, him yeah I but I, i've i've said i think the two biggest risers um or what i was saying is two guys i think are going to become not values on underdog pretty soon but will probably stick around as values on DraftKings. marvin mims and Jaden reed i think those guys get steamed so i had a choice in a dynasty draft the other day my last my last first round pick or i guess i, I have one more of the ship chasing one waiting up but I uh, had to pick between Mims and Rasheed Rice. And I actually looked at their underdog ADPs to get an idea of what the market liked on, on year one. Rasheed Rice is going three rounds higher. Mims has a higher dynasty ADP. Mm-hmm. DPJ at ADP, get both. Yeah, let's do so, it. Do we need that for a stack? It's a bring it's back. Week on the 17, Rogers. Jets bring back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're at that level already. <laughs> I don't like I don't like Donovan Peoples-Jones, but that's the right decision I've learned from you guys. <laughs> um. I also I like how this is lining up for a running back selection here too. Yeah, we need a fourth running back. Um, but I think we're we have two 
we have three guys that make yeah a lot of sense yeah we do um i can yeah i can make the case for for multiple are you guys talking here. about algier moster and foreman uh, uh singletary because we already had another texan but yeah i mean i, I think moster's the guy moster would be my preference Greg, yeah, yeah. yeah that's our main stack right? i like that all right, where were all the Week 17 correlation hounds? We just tossed you a bone. DPJ and Raheem Mostert correlated with our two main quarterback stacks. You happy? Bringbacks, not even stacks. Those are bringbacks. Bringbacks. Hmm. I've, I've, I saw this take on, on Twitter. Uh, I forget who tweeted it out. I think was it uh, was it Madison? It might have been Madison. Tweeted out Rashi Rice's this year's Jalen Tolbert. Stolen Valor, Alex. Credit that take. <laughs> Madison. And it, it did trigger me when I saw it. I mean, he absolutely that's the thing about how be. weak this this wide receiver class is. Any of those guys could be Mingo, etc. But they're still the best bets on the board, at least where they are right now. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tolbert, I mean, was a third round pick. It's a little different. Second and third is a little different. They traded but, up to get him in the second. He caught 90-something passes last year. I mean, I almost went Rice over Mims in that dynasty pick. I think he's going to – I mean, I'll just keep making the same bet. I don't care. I don't I don't think Sky Moore was a bad bet. I'll say it. Like, why – Why would? what What about the logic for the Sky Moore play was bad? Sometimes we miss. Sometimes we miss yeah, on no, veterans I, too. Everyone who loves that smash us on Sky Moore was in on Zeke last year at price. Was fucking loving it. God, Zeke is going in the fifth round. I can't believe it. And we were like, dude, never draft Zeke, no matter what you do. Yeah, if, anyway. if like Sky Moore came, if like Guy Chore came along, I, I'd be drafting the hell out of Guy. Yeah, drafting. You know? My point, by the way, is it's easier on a miss when it's like a Zeke, and you go, oh well, I've seen it before. We've talked about this in past years, but like when you've seen it before, it doesn't hurt as bad. You're just like, ah, oh, he fell off, he got old, whatever, he went over the age cliff. But when you were wrong about a young player, it's like, oh, you got way too hyped. You you bought the hype. It's like, no, it was a cost-adjusted bet. Sometimes they miss. We miss. But I mean, I'm fine. What with I'll it. say on more, and this is what I, I was uh mentioning this with Liam. I, I do think I made a mistake with more of not just going over to DraftKings and scooping more there last year instead like and chasing him up the underdog yeah, boards fair his price was ridiculous i mean evan makes a great point he's going two rounds ahead of garrett wilson like we were obviously saying garrett wilson was the, the best value in, uh, of the whole draft like pretty much all summer like all of us were yeah. in agreement on that yeah i just took there, there are there <laughs> are sky sky's price got a little rich yes i'm just saying yes, in, in like in a vacuum i'm okay with the bet and making the bet in those general rounds whether it was like if it, we could have got a ninth or tenth round price it would have been better but yeah the seventh round was a little rich that's fair yeah yep rondell would have been kind of fun if he made it back although we what do we have seven wide receivers yeah we're at a two four seven one so we're at least going to get one more tight end and then we have two more picks one is definitely a running back and then i think it comes down to is it a six running back or eight wide receiver team? I prefer. Um, I think I'd like to do this. Is is two four there, six there two Z. six eight two? Uh, oh, you're right. Sorry, we have four picks. Yeah, yeah, we can do a two six eight two for sure. That's what I think the best move is. 
Uh, yes. I like to treat Jameer Gibbs like he's a super expensive zero running back pick. Yeah, it does. It feels a little thin for a, a five RB build. I love that. I like that Wait. call too because it's not guaranteed, you know, volume. He's going to have some low weeks. It's not like a guy that you know is going to get 20 touches. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm here for the double tap on Dolphins running backs at this price. What about Taysom? Who correlates with Godwin? <laughs> it's a week 17 bring back. I, I would prefer to push tight end because we have other outs in <clears throat> Conklin and likely. Yeah, okay. I like right. that. I, let's push that and, and do Jeff Wilson. I'm good with that. Oh, it's like, oh, I, I'm the only guy that gets to take two ru- Dolphins running backs on the same team, win the money, and then I'm going to gatekeep that strategy <laughs> forever going forward. I just said I like Taysom. That's all. <laughs> I did that. I did that today. Actually, I took Ramey Mustard and Jeff Wilson today. Uh, but you can't do it. I, I, uh, I, I heard D- Davis made the take on ADP chasing that I completely co-signed. Um, he talked about Jeff Wilson. I, I think all three Dolphins running backs are targets, and I want to have my exposure scaled or weighted towards the cheapest ones. I, I think Mostert and Jeff Love Wilson that. are absolute smashes at these prices. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. And it's not taking anything away from A-Chain. He, he, he's a fun bet too, but man, this is a wide open backfield. It is interesting to be on the other side of the hype train though, because I, I think the community is ex- really excited about A-Chain and that landing spot. And on draft night, if you were on Twitter, I mean, there was a, there was a lot of excitement. And yeah. part of that leaves you the ability to say, well, look, Mozart and Wilson are now – I mean, I like this take by Joe. A-Chain has to be the guy. Yeah, yeah, this is a great take. But A-Chain has to be the guy for Mozart or Wilson, one of them to not hit. And I don't think it's that that obvious. It's, it's In fact, I think it's very clearly not that obvious. For the audio listeners, yeah. Josh was saying that they're the new San Francisco. And um, uh, that, yeah. It, can I not talk you into Taysom? Uh, t- talk Gretch into Taysom. I want Chuba or Tajay Spears who correlates with Nico. All right, I'll take Chuba. Chuba's great. I, I would prefer Chuba still, but if you guys want the correlation, then Tajay makes yeah. sense, right? What do we uh, get the correlation with? Nico? Nothing. Well, yeah, what we're getting is a running back who we oh, right, know Nico. what his role is. Yeah. I Chuba's a, a better pick. Like a tier better, right? I mean, he I think Chuba's such so. a good pick. Yeah. Me too. You guys have sold now we're that, now we're nice and done. We're like fully done at running back. We we did it. Yeah. Chuba's a great pick there. Yeah. Running back's a very Man, solid. I can't believe I couldn't talk you guys into Taysom though. Save that for your he's a, run, he's a running back who plays tight ends. I let look, I my I, I listened to you guys talk about that today because I was binging uh ADP chasing. And my my counter to this stuff too is and I will say he has gotten a little cheaper of late. There was earlier in the draft season, I don't know if it was the big boards or whatever, he was going like 140 um, in some of those. It must have been pre-Foster Barrow or whatever. He He's dropped down a little Foster bit, Barrow which is funny. That, position. All I'm saying is I don't know why he dropped, but he was going earlier. And my thing was part of the appeal of Taysom last year was they legit did not have a quarterback, and there was a good chance Taysom was going to start like six to eight games at quarterback. Like that was a huge yeah, but out. He, still, he crushed, and that didn't happen. He didn't crush. He was fine. Yes, he did. He did yes, not. He, did. Crush. he was like the tight end eight or something. Show yeah, me I mean, all the win- show me all the winning best ball teams. He was well, out of the That's playoffs. because tight end sucked. I mean, like he had the true. one three touchdown yes. game. Yeah. And then he tight end sucked. What was it? It was four touchdown game. He threw for three TDs and or he ran for three and threw one. And he had already ran for two prior to that. And he got 
he got two t- rushing TDs in the fantasy playoffs as well. But two rushing up- TDs. Not a lot of not a lot of t- uh, tight ends get two rushing TDs in a game. Seems yeah. kind of cool. Seems kind of cool. That's possible. And he did. And we didn't even get. He was tight end six. He finished you know, tight end six because of that one game. And and touchdowns really like because of that score. one game is the story of like literally every yeah. tight end who is an elite. Because that one Pat, game is like literally the story for every time. Here's the thing. You don't get to tout Taysom for week 17 correlation when you didn't originally even want the Tampa Bay Buck pick on the no, team. You no, that's, like, not how, you, that's not how correlation works. Once you make the bet, then you follow through on the bet. So you guys are like, we need God when they're going to be good. They're be passing so much. Oh, they're passing so much. So there's going to be a lot of volume in that game in week 17. Maybe we want another yeah. piece from the other side. No, no. You know what? Taysom. Do you know what? Do you know what Taysom Hill is like? Taysom Hill is like when people talk about Bitcoin being worth a million dollars and it's like, you don't want to live in the world where that happens because the grid has gone down and the currency <laughs> has just completely blown up. And that's when your Bitcoin's good. That's what Taysom being a league winner yeah, is like. You do fair. not want to live in the world. <laughs> I don't want to live. Taysom is I a do. league winner. I unfortunately, do. unfortunately, Pat, you have convinced me. And, and looking at the stat page, like he, he had more carries last year than he had at any other season in his career. I didn't realize that. Ben, now consider that Kamara is getting suspended, and they're replacing him with a, a rookie, and Jamal Williams. Think no maybe there could be some more touchdowns no. in Taysom Hill's future. Mm. Jamal Williams scored nine million touchdowns last year. So. I know, I know. But then the team that that made, let him do that uh, said, "You can go elsewhere." And uh, you know, maybe they, maybe he doesn't. Their coaches don't love him as much as they love Taysom Hill. I mean, dude, the fact that the new coaching staff was like. I don't think Sean Payton was using this guy enough. It's, it's, it's a hell of an outcome for Taysom. Like, I just didn't think that was in the range. I prefer that, I didn't use <laughs> I mean, that's new information. We should be using that new information. Yeah, it's fair. That is new information. I didn't realize that. I didn't think Sean Payton was using this guy enough. was never a possibility in my mind. Was Not never a possibility. A possibility. I, thought, I thought the Taysom thing was like a fun bit last year, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I hate to tell you, Pete, I've been fully radicalized. Yeah, have fun with that. Uh, Tyler Conklin did get sniped from us. Uh, I, I do likely. like Likely with a yeah. Lamar team with bets. Yeah, guys perfect. Yeah. That was the biggest reason I was fine with it was I thought Conklin and Likely both made sense. Likely's a fun one, for sure. I, that That is also why I, I didn't really pound the table. I mean, this is a hugely hedged – obviously, there's we don't wish injuries on anyone, but if Mark Andrews goes down – there's still scenarios where if if Bateman is a hit and Flowers is a hit, the passing game can still be good enough. Lamar can still be good enough. Likely Flowers. I mean, if Andrews misses time, this is a we have we have their their whole passing game. So I do think we're a wide receiver here. There's some fun yeah. options. We could go for the unstacked Houston thing with Dell and Nico. We could go Cedric Tillman for a second Jets bring back. We could scroll down to a Corey Davis. Uh I don't know if Anything? Davis is even there, though. I know they're he saying he will be, but... Oh, no, I'm you saying, mean on the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say uh, Dell or Tillman. I like Tillman. Big oh, wow. Could catch a I want to go adjust your ranks, bud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was great. All right. I actually will adjust my ranks. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I actually am going to adjust say, my ranks. Not as I do. <laughs> God damn it, dude. One, one God, year. I can't believe you had Tank Dell ahead, ahead of Cedric right. Tillman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can we use ADP next time? Oh, 
hey, our hyper fragile guy joined. Het draft was getting a bit murky, but I think I recovered. Didn't realize this was a ship chasing draft. Yeah, that would have been good if it. Well, so we, are, we already recovered. buried you. We buried you when you took makers. I'm sorry. Um. Uh, okay, so you did you did rip wide receiver after that though. Yeah. You really yeah. ripped it. You How did. You total? punted. You've punted tight ends. Let's go. Let's go look at this team. Yeah. We're saucing. Two, four, ten, didn't, didn't two. ask for the sauce, but here it comes. Yeah. Okay. You want the sauce? The the Acres pick is probably the worst one in this build. Yeah. yeah. That's the only pick I think is like a mistake. Yeah. But I this just, team is pretty know. booty still. Yeah. I mean, Basically. stacked up Richardson with both Alec Pierce and Josh Downs. I think that's kind of fun. I like the yeah. Hodgins pick. I think the Hodgins pick is like a you need upside. You need a dude who could just be like a starting wide receiver and he at least has a chance to be. Yeah. Um, all right. So to recap our team, we finished with a two six eight two build. Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, our running backs, Jameer Gibbs, Rashad Penny, Khalil Herbert, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Chuba Hubbard. Wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Chris Godwin, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Nico Collins, DPJ, Cedric Tillman, tight ends, Kyle Pitts, and Isaiah Likely. No notes. Perfection. Shut it down. <laughs> That's a good team. Only notes for my ranks. That, uh, yeah. Are, are a little, little spicy <laughs> on Tank Dell. Yeah. Only notes for anyone who ranked Tank Dell ahead of Cedric Tillman. Yeah. Gratch, what do you feel? What do you think about this team? I dig it. I mean, it, it's uh, it's always for me. It's always tough to draft players that I don't like drafting. Like, yeah, we talk about it on bananas a decent amount. Like, we try to draft guys we really like, and that's in large part because we're playing, you know, twenty or fewer high stakes leagues that we really care about and wanting you know a specific concentration of players. Even in the later rounds, it's not how you do it in this. In this, you have to be willing to play into uncertainty. And obviously I write a lot about that and I'm very aware of uncertainty guys like Cedric Tillman. Like I don't love as a player, but he makes a lot of sense in this build and it would not be that surprising if he has a really good year. Right. Or like Zay flowers. Like those are not rookies that I'm in on. I don't have them on any dynasty rosters. Didn't take them in any of my dynasty drafts, but they're still rookie receivers. And I've been wrong before. I was like, not that into Chris Olave last year and that didn't work. So, um, the structure of the team is awesome. I basically yeah. I just want to draft with you guys uh, forever. Like it's like I, the, the 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 quickness with which you guys identify the structural stuff. I'm gonna struggle with when I start doing my own fast drafts. But it's a fun team. You're you're, you're gonna you're gonna pick it up so quickly, dude. Like you get 15 drafts under your belt, and then you know the board. But that's much. like all I'm gonna be able to get done. And <laughs> I mean, I might not even get 15 under my belt fast drafts yeah. before I back in my home state. So this is um, tough with slow drafts. It might be a terrible suggestion, um, but in the fast drafts, I, I this Davis Maddock told me this trick. I, you just star everybody on the team you just took a player from, and then the opposing Week Seventeen team. So uh, memorize the schedule. I'll uh, I'll give a shout out to my Week Seventeen yeah. memory devices <laughs> post, great. which is kind of a joke. A- but honest to God, I like I, I had the schedule memorized like after writing it. I was like, well, I Pat, think they work. Do you know what? I, I really enjoyed that, but I was disappointed because if there was ever a time for you to dust off the guitar and sing that, that was the time, man. You still can't. It's not too late. <laughs> He's got to he write a it, song man. about week he 17. Yes. He does yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. That's me, too. <laughs> All right. I've, I've got uh, one more. 
I will, I, I wanted to just look at our team that we drafted. It was my seventh draft. It was what, two weeks ago. Cause I wasn't here. Gretchen, and I weren't here just to look at how this team has aged. We had another two, six, eight, two build, uh, Tua and Derek Carr, Ramondre, Javante Williams, Eli Mitchell, Kendra Miller, Jeff Wilson, and Izzy wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Olave, Mike Williams, Traylon Burks, Lockett, Rashi Rice at 148. Um, nice. He's definitely moved up. Marvin Mims at 172, Isaiah Hodgins, and then Kittle and McBride. So honestly, like a very similar structure and team with the elite tight ends. I guess here we do have the slightly more expensive um, anchor running back relative to Gibbs, but very similar. What were our quarterbacks? Quarterbacks, Tua and Derek Carr on this. I guess we we have later than with the Lamar. Right. Um, but then slightly better wide receivers here in this mid-range with Mike Williams swapped out for the Lamar pick, essentially. So we didn't we didn't luck in any bringbacks, but uh, oh yeah, you're right, because this was pre-schedule. Yeah. Yep. Oh well. We still we oh, well. have some stacks. We'll we have some stacks going on. We, I like the Denver thing we did. We got Mims, we got Javante. Um Denver. Well, now I'm blanking. Now I said I memorized it all. Denver plays the Chargers. So when you get the Chargers, Chargers, yeah. Oh, we got Mike Williams. All right. So yeah, we got exactly. a little Denver Javante, thing. Exactly. It was just as we drew it up there. That's just fun. as we drew it up. Um, favorite non SC team in this draft. Um, I don't know if we can. It's hard to go through these. Spags. Who Spags finally took Najee. Um, Spags goes really thin at tight end. Irv and Michael Mayer. Um, Jimmy it's Garoppolo. Bring back, got, oh, they're they're both stacked. One's a bring back, one's stacked with Jimmy. Yeah. Um, who are it's easier to kind of look at the board this way. I did like Sam's team when he was starting. He had uh the nice structure going there, and then kind of built out a big Buffalo stack with James Cook, Dalton Kincaid. That looked nice. Uh, our friend uh, Gary here, who said we were forcing him into a boomer team that started Kelsey and Eckler, fell on the Dalvin Cook landmine at 89. Javante at 104, Alvin Kamara. So all of the the falling uh, running backs there. I mean, I kind of like him at those prices. Yeah. The Kamara, not as much, but the other two. I, I've done this one a few times. I love that little cheap mini late, Shakir uh -huh. and uh, Tyquan Thornton. That's nice. That's the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else stand out to you guys? Mm. What did uh what did the How CMC did... drafter do? CMC so he... drafter went uh Barkley, then Andrews, and then uh London, Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, Traylon Burks, stacked up Gino with Lockett, sniped Alan Lazard from us. My God. Uh <laughs> Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I love this team. I was gonna ask about do you think it was 12 was the most zero RB team? How did their team 12? Oh, he did the Jalen Hurts, Devonta, Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, got the Goddard, so the double stack, Marquise Brown, and then went okay, Mega Eagles there, Swift, David Montgomery, A Chain Harris, Gibson. What man, and I, I've done this myself. I have had the one um draft where I took a third, I took Kyler on an uh, on an elite QB team, but that was at like pick 190. I don't know how I feel about three quarterbacks. Who was his first? 
hurts at 112. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not doing that. Yeah, honestly, then, I might yeah, just take and then Tyler. Then he took Van Jefferson. I mean, he's gonna how many how many picks are you gonna throw away in the middle rounds? Yeah, exactly. What do you what do you um, think about going Hurts Kyler? I've considered that. I haven't done it yet. You mean just as a general pairing? Yeah, because yeah, um, Hurts has a late buy, and they don't share the same buy. The only issue with Kyler that makes him a tough pick in general is that he also, I think, has a week fourteen buy. Uh, so in addition to like him not playing for a while, he yeah, you have to deal with the bye week. So, but I've kind of I've been thinking like, oh, if you if you basically don't need Kyler a ton because you have Hurts filling like every week for you, it's a way to sneak in some upside as a QB two. Um, I wanted to pull up this question in the chat. Don't think this is uh, one of our regulars. William asks, how many entries turn someone from a casual to someone doing this for real? Do you think there's a threshold that helps diversify your portfolio enough? First of all, I'd say, I don't, I don't know what doing this for real means. We're all just uh, having fun blasting off, but I think what you're hinting I think, at. I think he means winning the $2 billion. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> well, it's not an entry level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll say is the more teams you draft, the more patience you have in drafts and you start to kind of reorient. I think if, if I was only doing five drafts, like there's certain guys I would go and get, like, I just want these guys on my team. These are the guys I want to root for, sweat for whatever. But when you do more drafts, like the way I personally approach every draft is like, I want to draft the best possible team for this specific room. Yes. It's fun to look at the exposures and sometimes I use it to break ties, but I really just want to bet draft the best possible team. And I think the more drafts you do, it's easier to be at peace with that. Like, so what I don't get this stack, who cares? I'm going to draft the best possible team with what I'm given. And so I think what, once you get to 15, 20 drafts, I think that starts to become a lot easier. Yeah. I, I think that. you want to, do enough drafts where you get sick of what you're doing because you're going to do the same thing a bunch and you're going to be like, oh, this, I, the, the first like probably 10 drafts you do, maybe more like 15 even, you're just going to be like, I have solved fantasy football. I figured it out. <laughs> and I can, every time I go in, I can just do this. And so that's when I quit. Sounds good. I can't, I can't <laughs> believe I still can do this. I can do this every time. And then you're like, I'm bored of this. This sucks. I just do the same thing. And then like getting over that to where you start to mix in more guys, you're like, well, I, I haven't really taken any of this guy and I don't hate him. And then I think Pete's thing of like, you're trying to draft the best possible team for that room. I, I completely agree with, I think another way to think about it is like, I want to draft the best possible version of like this structure or this stack. So you get pushed on to, and it's like, I don't like stacking up Aaron Rodgers, but like, you know, you go through, you're like, well, how, how do I stack up Aaron Rodgers? I've been kind of pushed on to this. How would I do it? It's like, well, you know, I probably take Lazard. I don't like Lazard either, but he loves Lazard. So, so if I'm betting on Aaron Rodgers. I guess I'm betting on Lazard too. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Like trying to think through, like sometimes I'll end up on a structure I don't like, but I'm like, I'm going to draft, I'm going to draft this better than the way other people draft, draft this structure. I'm going to, mm. I'm going to like lean into this, these ideas and what makes this structure work when it works. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to execute this structure the right way and have fun with that. Yeah. And I, I have been having fun with it. I've been drafting quote unquote more gross teams. I'm getting less of my own personal player targets, but I am drafting the structures I feel very confident about around players. I'm not normally going out of my way to get because the draft rooms just don't let me get the fun, sexy players that I normally like at a value. And I just like, I refuse to reach just to get a guy that, I want just because it makes me happy, you know, like I'm just, I'm just not going to do that. Well, then you're just dead immediately. Right. Right. 
Exactly. Uh, Doug, Doug said, I mean, do, should we close with a sauce? Because Doug said his brother's team three, and he feels like he bested the SC group. Hey, God, right. wait, where's uh, well, this chat? Wait, wait. Before, it's a little before we now. close, I want to get on oh. get to touch a green's comment, but we can do the yeah. let's do this first. Um, no, we'll 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 walk it off with a with a saucing his brother right. here who's feeling himself a little too much. I did see this conversation going around on Twitter. Um, I've been thinking about it and tossing it around in my head. I don't know if I have any cool uh takes on it yet. Do you guys? I missed this on Twitter, and it's just coincidentally, I have a draft that I'm I broke down a draft based on some of these ideas I have about correlation. Basically, my idea is like I was in sort of a response to a different conversation going around on Twitter of like where correlation falls and sort of the things that, to keep track of. And my take is that like if you're comfortable with all the fundamentals of best ball drafting, then it really falls not in that list, but sort of towards the side and becomes like a separate thing. You're thinking about the entire draft. And my belief is that if you're comfortable with all the fundamentals and you're executing all of those and you can weigh all those decisions then you might not be thinking about correlation enough and trying to build in additional game set like that Penny and AJ Brown thing. You know, like that's the type of stuff you'll want to be thinking about as you go that's not as obvious, but it's driven by correlation. And the reason you want to be doing stuff like that is it'll create more flexibility throughout your draft. So it's like, well, yeah, I didn't get the original quarterback that I wanted, but I already created this little mini just kind of for fun. And that mini can become a backup stack. You know, you, you tack the quarterback on and you already have a bring back and a stack. You just need to add one more wide receiver, you know, all that type of thing. So this is actually a draft where I already had a quarterback. I drafted Diggs in the first round, Allen in the second. And I uh, ended up getting boxed out of Russell Wilson, where I had a uh, potential stack there. I had a Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton. I didn't reach for Wilson ahead of ADP. I tried to let him fall to me. He didn't. And I ended up getting Mac Jones as my quarterback, too. Uh, and he plays the Bills in week 17. And I don't think it's ideal. But my take is, like, if you're betting on Josh Allen, particularly if you have Diggs Allen, then he's got to hit your lineup in week 17, dude. So, really, it's about, you know, keeping the quarterback to price low, which I did in that case, and – you know, I did have him. I got him stacked with Tyquan Thornton and Ramondre Stevenson. And then um, I also stacked the Broncos and the Chargers. And they play the Patriots and the Bills in week 16. So so I got an additional two week 16 stacks out of doubling up the week 17 game at quarterback. And so I think in that case, like, it's totally fine. But overall, I try to avoid it, I think. Yeah. One, one thing that uh, I actually just thought of as you were talking about it, I actually don't think my take on it doesn't have to necessarily do with the quarterbacks themselves, but how much you game stacked those or stacked up those two teams, right? Because if you overstack those two teams and now you have eight guys from that one single game in week 17, I do not think that is optimal. I mean, you're going to need that game to score like 60 points for those guys for that, to hit if you have eight guys from the same game because you did four or five guys with each quarterback. And so to me, it's more like how skinny, how slim are your stacks? Can you hit enough of that parlay to reach the upper echelon? Right. Yeah. And I think some, so I ended up tacking on like Deontay Hardy to that. So I probably overstacked it to what you're saying. I had Allen with three wide receivers and Damian Harris 
And then I had Mac Jones with Ramondre Stevenson and Tyquan Thornton. So, yeah, not all of those guys are hitting my Week 17 lineup. Uh, but most of it is on the Allen side. Yeah. And yeah, he's you're, the you're guy. You're making a bet that the Bills are going to be the best offense in football for the exactly. year. Exactly. For and the year. Not, it's not really a bad bet. It's the Bills. There's right. always the like the, the the spots where you can stretch the rules a little bit too. And like what you just described is a way of, I think, being willing to stretch the rules a little bit. And I mean, it's it's the tacit knowledge thing that, you know, I've written about before. It's like, yeah, I usually don't do A and B, but except when C is present or D and, and then maybe I'll do right. F. Like, it's a, yeah, whenever and you're I, like. I also, uh, I had Sutton, Mims, and uh, Mike Williams creating a, a week 17 without the quarterback stack of the Chargers and the Broncos. And I had, I mean, this one's a little silly, but I had Pitts, Cole Komet, and Tyler Algier. So I've got something like, hey, if there's points in two other games, I need Josh Allen to go nuclear, right? I need him to go nuclear. And that's what I don't like about it. I don't have two outs at quarterback. I have one, which is a little bit of a bummer. But to be honest, once you get to like round 14 or whatever, you probably only have one out at quarterback anyway. You're just sort of lying to yourself that you have a second if you if you take like uh, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's not yeah. he's not in your week 17 lineup either. Yeah. Um, it, this is again, like, I, I do feel like there's this circular nature to best ball debates, not that I don't enjoy them, but it's like, you're constantly going around this thing of like, oh, that could actually be very beneficial to you for weeks one through 14, but not for this specific playoff week, or this actually might be optimal close to the optimal over, you know, an infinite amount of drafts, but it might, might not be actually what allows you to get first place and climb up a bunch of and surpass a bunch of optimal teams. And so it's like, you could always make really smart arguments on either side. And that's why I do love uh, all this stuff. Also, that reminds me of a plug. I just did on my channel, um, a round table with Sam Hoppin, uh, Ben Dominguez from fantasy data pros and about the best ball data bowl that I'm hosting nice. with those guys. And, uh, we, there's all the details over on that show, but we did a round table just talking about some of the pitfalls of best ball data being uh, in a lot of ways, very descriptive and not necessarily predictive. Also talking about sample sizes and kind of how to think through those things. And also I tossed out a bunch of ideas of like things that we're discussing right now, where it's like, we, I would love to see data, you know, digging into some of these problems and showing them to us in a way that gets us closer to the answer. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I'm, excited I'm excited to, to see what comes for that. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. I'm going to power down the stuff here as usual guys for any of my live stream drafts uh if you leave a comment after the show you'll be entered into a giveaway i'm giving fifteen hundred dollars away when my channel hits 15k subs we actually just hit a nice little milestone here on ship chasing channel 4.5k subs so keep subbing to these channels leave a comment any one of my drafts will get you an entry so every time you leave a comment on a new stream there were three of them today you can go watch the swellcast you can watch the one on fantasy life and then of course here on ship chasing uh gretch what else is coming up uh, in your neck of the woods? Just projection stuff, which I think I mentioned two weeks ago when you asked me this, and I haven't gotten any of it out yet, but it's going to be coming hot. So I'm excited. Awesome. And a lot of player uh, takes, a lot of stuff that you can here, apply to best ball, but here we uh, go. Not, not best ball structure. <laughs> it's just, it's like, yeah, you know, maybe this is the right guy to tack on in week 18. Maybe this is, uh, you know, the, the right guy to. To, to, to see as a potential ADP riser or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Pat? Uh, 
I've got a post coming out tomorrow morning, scheduled for 9.15 tomorrow. So uh, if you want to check that out, sign up for Legendary Upside, uh, legendaryupside.com slash early. Uh, still have some underdog credits, $50 underdog credits if you sign up. Uh, those will hit your account within about a week of signing up. And uh, unless a bunch of you sign up to make a, enough, a big enough batch to where I have to send it over early. So <laughs> strength in numbers there. Um, and did a podcast today with uh, Liam Murphy. Did uh, uh, Talked about some of the DraftKings tournaments and kind of tournament selection ideas and what we're doing in the late rounds over there. Uh, yeah. And, and Legendary Sickos tomorrow with Eric. We dive into a bunch of the Week 17 correlation stuff as well. There you go. Uh, and also one of the um, really big value adds coming for leg up subs is Pat doing uh, a tight three minute song on all of the week 17 mnemonic uh, devices. So look forward I to that. Going there. It's like, uh, uh, we will see you guys uh, back on Monday at noon for ADP oh, what? chasing. What's What's up, Gretch? <laughs> we never roasted that guy's brother. Oh, yeah. Aren't we supposed yeah, to roast dude. his brother? Yeah. All right, yeah. fine. Let me go. Let me go back. And I was I was landing the plane, but I forgot. I know you were landing it so well. I know, too. but we, we right. touched Justin, the wheel. We touched the wheels and we went right back up in the sky. Paul was ready for it. Paul says sauce the team. All right. This is gonna be a walk-off sauce. He didn't ask for it, but he's getting 10. Sure. You think you want ship chasing to review your team? How much sauce would you like on your team review? Oh, I love this. You asked for the sauce. He wants it extra saucy. You think you want it spicy. He, he wants 13. Oh, boy. But then you realize you can't handle the heat. Here. Fuck this guy. Do we have to review his team? Hey. Why did you take Moel and Cox? What are you doing? So fucking cute with a zero RB. Evan, you will speak when you are spoken to. Fuck off, Chris. Awful team. Ship chasing team reviews are getting spicy this summer. Come get the sauce. Two. He wanted it too. All right, what team is it? Yeah, where's the team? D team three, uh, Debo Samuel at pick 27. What is this fucking 2022? I mean, like, what are we, what are we, what are we doing over here, bud? That's well, hang on. Give him pick. credit for dra for grabbing Kenneth Walker uh, in the fourth round in the ship chasing room. You just got to yeah. do it. Yeah, I gotta make uh, sure grab him. Do you know who says there's no dead zone? F-V-N-G-N-Z just going to the eye of the storm with Kenneth Walker and Aaron yeah, Jones. Yeah, I mean, right in you get you get Aaron Jones literally like the perfect dead zone back. We all know what his upside is, but no one wants to take him high anymore. Doesn't have his quarterback who loves to throw to him around the, the goal line. I mean, like Aaron Jones, complete dead zone back. What, what, what the fuck does C.J. Stroud do for this team? Honestly. Tua, Derek Carr, nice job. Two quarterbacks, you're done. CJ Stroud, what 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 are we doing here with CJ Stroud? Well, you know, when you take two in the eighth round, you just have to tackle on CJ Stroud. Do you know what Gus Edwards more, is still in the NFL? Do you know what's more egregious about the CJ Stroud thing? I thought he might have had a Houston player first. He set up a backdoor Nathaniel Dell stack. No, dude, we could have sniped him on Tank Dell. Is this why he's saying he beat us? Because he's like, you idiots passed on Tank Dell. Why does this guy think he drafted better than us? This is a, a disaster. Uh, <laughs> he was congratulations, Tillman. Oh, dude, don't take Dell. Who's, uh, who, who are his tight ends? Oh, uh, Darren Waller. Yeah, that's going to work out good. He, he was good yeah. in 2020, 2021 also. Yeah. So was Everett. Yeah. Uh, Everett. Marvin <laughs> Mims at 147. Congratulations when everyone watching this stream has him at pick 190 in their drafts. Good job, bud. Enjoy <laughs> that. <laughs> at least wait until uh, August when he's actually steamed. I mean, my God. 
Yeah. I mean, also, when your best pick of the whole draft is Samaj P. Ryan, you've definitely done well. <laughs> this team is just screaming for Braxton Berrios on it, too. I can't take a two a skinny stack seriously without Braxton Berrios on it. I mean, this is pretty good for an auto draft team. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Uh, Elijah Moore, five picks ahead of ADP. Um, unstacked. Uh, yeah, I guess he heard Davis had 40% and was like, that's my influencer. <laughs> uh, Davis loves a lot wow. more. Anytime you can draft a five running back team um, with two in the dead zone, I think you de- definitely have to do it here. Um, I have nothing to say about this. This is one of the worst teams I've ever seen. <laughs> 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 have a good night. <laughs>